Welcome in to the Fantasy Football Fathers Podcast, where only one of us is an actual father and none of us are priests. My name is James Dreer. I'm joined here by Tyler Big Herbie Herbock. What's going on? And Trey, motherfucking Stinky Fingers Jose. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, my fickled friends. I hope you got some championship money this year. Oh, yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah. Well, the one league that I did win in, Kamish uh, is uh, nowhere to be found. So <laughs> that's you know what happens sometimes when you are you talking about me? No, I'm not. <laughs> oh, I was gonna say it's a right? random league that oh. I'm in that you guys aren't in. Thanks, thanks for the invite. <laughs> and of course, the one w- league I win, I'm you know probably never gonna see my payout, but it's all good. That that's why you won because you didn't invite us. <laughs> Do it for the love of the game. <laughs> that sucks. Um, all right. This is it, man. This is the fantasy recap, and um, it's going to be joined or with us will be um, a couple, a couple little snacks and treats. You know, we're typically uh, drinking a couple of brewskis uh, on the job, but uh, today we're stepping it up a little bit. Uh, Tyler Herbach brought his famous Cuba Cuba cigars. Not homegrown, but I appreciate the <laughs> I appreciate the shout out <laughs> and rolled. They're, they're great. They're great. Check them out. Google them. And we got a little. Uh, if you're familiar with Portland, Oregon, there's a, a little distillery out there called Bird Creek, with a uh, a wonderful, wonderful whiskey, single malt, uh, 115 proof. Just released their first cask, so we're sipping on a little bit of that. If you, if you didn't paint the picture perfectly, yeah, so we're sipping fucking whiskey, smoking she cigars. Shed. It's a he shed now. It used to be a she shed, okay? <laughs> I moved into a new house recently. There's a shed in the backyard. We're in the back doing this podcast. Hell yeah. Close quarters. <laughs> Close quarters. <It's> a little <laughs> tight. A little tight, uh, but we're making it work, so... Today, um, it's a little bit of a round table, a little bit of a, you know, wing it. A little bit of a, well, Tyler came prepared. He always does. But uh, the rest of us, winging it a little bit. We're going to be talking about um, just a recap on the fantasy season. I'm sure, like, MVP conversation will be brought up. Um, Rookie of the year, waiver wire of the year, things of that nature, and whatever else our our stupid, stupid brains can come up with. I'm excited, honestly. I love episodes like this where we just kind of go off the top of the dome, freestyle a little bit, have a good time. We don't have to follow a script and do what we're trying to do. Not that I don't like what we usually do. These type of episodes are always fun to do. It's a change of pace. Yeah, you, we don't know what's coming. We got you know curveballs coming left and right. Yeah, I'm curious what Jen's bringing. Yeah, stay on your toes now. Yeah. As soon as I think it, I'm saying it. That's weird you say that because I'm on my toes right now in my slippers. I knew you in were. my in my <laughs> heat tell. shed. I can my toes are on the ground. My heels are uh, about half half a foot above. You're sitting, I got big a, feet. sitting a little taller than you normally do. Sitting a little. I thought you grew. It's been a while since we've been together in person, so I thought maybe you <laughs> grew another inch, hit that second wave of puberty, and nah, it's because I've been having sexual relations. But that there doesn't matter go. with this podcast. Hey, <laughs> that's awesome, man. I'm happy for you. Back on the Thank scoreboard, you. you know. Um. Run it up, ninety-eight to zero. Just take the points. Blowing it out, dude. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, back in the game. And in our next episode, after she listens, he's now no single. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 
<laughs> Fuck, I hope not. Don't, don't you put that curse on me. Oh, no. Bobby. <laughs> She's going to be like, yeah, that's a bunch of bullshit Wait. on the Twitter. She's going to be like, that's Her? a lie. She has too much clout. You don't want her to interact with us on Twitter. She has too much clout? Is no, she famous? What? She's famous? What? 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 On Instagram, but it don't matter. Ooh. What? Ooh. Not Twitter. We're fine. Anyways. I want to go look right now. She's not famous on Instagram, but she has like 5,000 followers. Wow. It's weird. I have like 400. All people <laughs> we went to high school with. <laughs> so. Your entire class. Yeah. All right. Let's, yeah, let's talk about some football shit. Yeah, let's talk about some football shit. All right. So let's get into it. Um, why don't uh, anyone have any burning, um, burning topics that they want to get off their chest, you know? I got one. I'm just going to fire it off, dude. Let her, let her fire rip. it off. Let her rip, dude. Okay. Let her up, shoot it off. Your biggest regret of this season, as far as like someone you drafted, Ooh. you had so much hope in. Just, oh. just who, who comes to your oh, mind first off? Easy. Deontay Johnson, third round. Oh, that's a great easy. one. That's easy. a great one. That's the one I was thinking about. Off the top of my head, um, I, I tend to think of our home league our our main league that we started many many moons ago because that's obviously the most important league to us and honestly my big regret for most of the season was keeping Najee Harris in that league you stole my answer um just super disappointing it was a first round keeper for me and um, I was drafting at the back end of the first so if I wouldn't have kept him I probably could have made some nice picks there but yeah just not uh no no big games that Najee you know had obviously with Big Ben at the helm so it was it was pretty much middling performances came through a little bit towards the end but not really well Najee what not really worth the first round tender isn't it wild though that Najee still finished at 12 in standard 14 in PPR so quiet this whole year really genuinely sucked for yeah. Did any position really outperform? It's probably one of the lowest years. I'd like to see um, the stats for like fantasy points per position. I'm talking about overall. Like, I guess you could just like a point scored in the NFL. Yeah, I would think surprisingly, I think out of most places, we saw the biggest uptick at quarterback. And quarterback is always in super deep, but I feel like we even added guys like this year. You have Geno Smith come out of nowhere. You have Jared Goff come out of nowhere, and then you saw all your tradition, your usual guys. You know. Patrick, well, and Josh. you got a lot more guys that can make plays on the run now. Yeah, and like Justin do it, Fields, do it Justin effectively. Fields. You know, like at Yo. an elite level, and that's where the NFL is going. And um, this isn't a whole another conversation, but I think when you look at you know historically drafting quarterbacks, it was always you can wait on quarterback, you can wait on quarterback. You know, you can get someone in the end of the draft like a Kirk Cousins, and you'll be all right. Um, I don't know if that's the case anymore moving forward. Like with guys like Lamar and guys like Jalen Hurts and guys like Josh Allen and now Justin Fields and even you know Patrick Mahomes can run and he's just so fucking good through the air. I'm I'm getting to the point where like I think it's worth it to take a quarterback. You know, it still has to be a value, but like if you had Josh Allen on your team this year, you probably were in the championship. You probably right. won. That's a good point. Before yeah. we get too carried away from talking about this running back situation, we 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 can take it away from here after this. But uh, yeah, the Najee Harris thing, right? He, he finished the last six weeks with at least twelve points per game, right? 
probably helped you win something if you were in the right position. And um, just to answer my own question real quick, my guy was going to be Zeke. I love Zeke this year. Totally fucked you the beginning of the year. But kind of like Najee, he had that nice little streak. He had like six weeks between, what, week 11 and week 16 where he was actually scoring points. But if you had a championship in week 17, he totally fucked you. In a way, he had 9.7 points. It's, it's, you know, but it was a bad year. Definitely. Yeah. And now, so, like, personally, like, um, you know, James and I up, like, our own personal regrets with our teams. Who was your personal regret for your team? Was it Zeke? Is that your personal regret? Or is that just in general? Zeke is my personal regret. Okay. I drafted him high. Uh, are we going off our home league right now? Is that what I mean, we're talking what, about? I mean, you can go. I mean, I think that's, any of your leagues, yeah. I mean, I both of ours were off, were off of our home league, but yeah, take any of them. Well, because in our home league, I kept Josh Allen and Derrick Henry first. Uh, like what? It's pretty like, good. Yeah, you know, Derrick Henry in the first round. I think Josh Allen and in the, the third, second. No, he might have gone. No, because no, it was a keeper. So last year he probably would have gone on the third. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I took Elliott in the second. Really expecting a lot of good things. And I, I it just didn't really come to fruition for me. And maybe um, I'll just kind of overstep my boundaries here because it leads me to someone who I would like to talk about. Who's someone that you got a great value out of this year? Well, hold, hold real quick. Before, b- before we go to that, I do want to ask, because obviously we're talking about personal. Taking the personal the personal teams out of it, who was your biggest d- disappointment in fantasy this year in general? Not just not just who you drafted personally, but you just saw as the biggest disappointment. Oh, man. That's a good one. Quite a few guys come to mind. Um, I had high hopes for Rashad Penny. That's the first person that comes to mind. But that's probably not the biggest disappointment. I mean, you weren't drafting until like the eighth or ninth round. So, like, you know, at that point, you were drafting for value. Yeah. And obviously, the injury injury history. Yeah. 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 Things were happening. Uh, Guys, I had high hopes for. uh, God, I'll I'll just say it right now Derek Carr. Okay. I I was tooting that horn all offseason. And he. He wasn't doing horrible all year. He, he was a middling quarterback, right? I think he was somewhere around like 14th or 15th ranked as the season went on until, you know, they benched him and uh, rode with their backup for the, the next two weeks, Jared, Jared Stidham. That's my big biggest disappointment, I think. That's someone I thought that you could draft really extremely low and would help you win a championship. And I think, Irby, weren't you with me? Oh, that? yeah. I was absolutely with you. I was big on Derek Carr this year. And now he's going to be on a different team next year. <laughs> <sighs> yeah, it, it sucked. I knew this was going to come up in the podcast. It's hard not to get sad about it. It's it is kind of crazy. They put such a, qu- a quick deadline. On, like they're talking about trading him now, and they've opened up conversation. But they said that if he's not traded by February fifteenth, they'll just cut him. Bruh, you know what this is? This is like when you have an unappreciated boyfriend and you got a girl that's down to ride. We're talking nine years deep. Ain't never did you wrong. Gave you everything all day, every day. And you're just like, yeah, I'm cool. You're worth next to nothing. I'll see what I can get for you. Like it's 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 fucking yeah, garbage, but, dude. It's, but, I it mean, hurts my soul. But I mean, when it really comes down to it, he never gave him the big O. You know what I mean? <laughs> Bro, they never gave and they never gave him the big D, which is a weird <laughs> contradiction. Okay, he never had a good defense. Yeah. Okay, come on, it's it's. I'm just saying, it's like ridiculous. I mean, he's very up and down. He had good years and bad and. Honestly, you know, his play fluctuated pretty heavily from week to week in most of his, his career. But, like, he was never able to propel them, you know, past, what, the wild card? Yeah. Well, how, do, how dare you never say Derek O. Derek Carr never gave the big O, okay? He's religious, but he's laying the dick down, okay? Believe so. that. 
<laughs> well, we'll get off the uh, sexual innuendos here. Um, <laughs> my, I have so, faith in that. So, so personally, my biggest disappointment of this season has to be Mike Evans. I didn't draft. Yeah, I was going to say the whole Tampa Bay offense. Yeah, yep. that's pretty bad. That's a good one. So Mike Evans, like just to put some, some stats on this, he was being drafted as the wide receiver seven in the second round, finished as the wide receiver 17, which is more of a fourth to fifth round draft pick. But it gets even worse if you take away that 43-point outburst he had in week 17. You take that away, and that's championship week. You take that away, and you're talking about his average uh, points per game for the entire season is just over 10 points. That's putting him in the same range as DJ Moore and Michael Pittman. And you drafted him as your wide receiver one. And he gave you basically fringe flex numbers all season. We're talking about wide receiver 17? Is that what you said? Yeah, he finishes wide receiver 17. And that's the same range as DJ Moore and Michael Pittman. Yeah. No, no, no. If you remove that 43-point game, right. he falls in line with, with Pittman and, and DJ Moore, which is more like receiver like 26 or so. Well, that brings up kind of what I'm getting at, though. Because like, that, that's how bad this fantasy year has been. It's, it's been such a gamble. DJ Moore, we all like the guy, but ain't nobody trusting him in fantasy, right? He still finished at, at a decent pace, standings-wise. Super inconsistent. And Michael Pittman, that, that, honestly, uh, now that you're bringing him up, might be my biggest disappointment this year. Someone who I loved. Um, <laughs> well, actually, TD scoring league-wide was down this year by a significant amount. Um, so 2020 yeah. was the highest NFL's highest watermark with 24.8 points scored per game. 2021, it decreased to the sixth best all-time score, 23 points per game. 2022, it was the 25th best at 21.8 points per game, which <clears throat> tied with 1983 and 1967 for points in a game. Damn. Oh, it's a big okay, drop. That's so a major we drop. Born. Yeah, that's that's crazy. That's back before. That's back when they still had rules set up so you could actually play defense. Now you can barely touch a guy. Was well, is that some economy shit though? It's just like every twenty years something cool happens. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not into that shit. I'm a total dumbass. Honestly, I think. Like, honestly, I, I, I'll say it right now. I think that you can put that directly down to like poor coaching. Like there's bad coaching. There's bad offensive play callers. They do shit that don't even make sense because they're going off of. A lot of young guys. Everyone wants the next, you know, young well, offensive the, guru and the yeah, Cliff yeah, Clint but Kingsbury. It's like the guy's a fucking idiot. Like there's, just, there's <laughs> sucked at Texas Tech. He sucks here. <laughs> yeah, Patrick Mahomes at Texas Tech. Okay, say know? less, dude. You hate the Cardinals. That's cool. Yeah. I just think he's a terrible coach. But, but I mean, and honestly, what I comes agree. down to, dude, there's too many guys relying on like making their play calls based off of analytics instead of just going with like what you feel. Like use your fucking gut and see what the game's doing. Not just be like, oh, it's. Third and seven. So analytics tell me I should run this type of play. Yeah. Like run with what what's, what's oh, yeah. working. Like use what you're what's working well against the demon. So it's just switching it up. Like find something that works. That's the thing. Like in every game, like sure you have a game plan, but when that game plan is not working, find something else. Find the one thing that is working, and you fucking hammer that home until the defense decides it can stop you. This ain't baseball, bro. It's right. Like we ain't playing money ball. Right. Exactly. Like, you don't need Jonah Hill out here telling you <laughs> your fucking calculations. To fucking figure things out. It, it, at the end of the day, it's still a very physical game, and there's so many aspects that come into that. Obviously, everybody knows that kind of thing. Yeah. I'd say uh, another major disappointment for fantasy league wide, not for me because I didn't draft this guy, um, but Kyle Pitts uh, drafted as the tight end three overall, finished as the tight end thirty three. 
behind guys like Jelani Woods, Foster Moreau, Greg Dolchish, Will Disley. I mean, Foster Moreau, shout out to my boy. <laughs> but even then, I mean, obviously you have to take into account the final standings comes into the fact that he missed most of the season. But even before that, he was giving you like, yeah. he was giving like tight in like 19 or 20 production. It was so bad. if he played the whole season, yeah. where would he finish? Tight in 28? So, yeah, no. I mean, it wasn't good. It wasn't good. Yo, no, let's be real though. As the season went on, their their passing game like it, it was horrible, right? They were like the least amount of passing attempts per game. Then the last half of the season, things progressed a little bit, and then they started uh, Desmond Ritter. What, like the last three weeks, something like that, four weeks. Yeah, it was like th- three, I think. They're they're passing the ball way more, and but before all that even happened, I mean, he's getting crazy targets. He's getting like six targets a game as a tight end. That's solid as fuck. It's okay. It's solid. on a on a per game basis. He was tight end twenty two, if you take in just what he scored per game. I, I wish still, I could look it up right now, but but target wise, yeah, like, a in huge part of the offense. Third round, yeah. second round. I mean, ta- some he, leagues, he, you're I mean, ta- you're you're, top, you're drafting him as a top three tight end, and he gave you you couldn't even start him. You couldn't even think about starting him. The reason you kept doing so is because he was a name, and you're I, like, I feel who you. the fuck else am I going to put in there? Because off the waiver wire, there was basically nobody. So I think we're still stuck on my question. You guys have like hella questions, right? So yeah, yeah, uh, disappointment. No? <laughs> I, guess Jim I, I know you do. Just throw, throw something in there, dude. All right. I wanna, I wanna well, get, we, we've already gone over. We break the seal, dude. We've already gone over disappointment, <laughs> man. Uh, you started. got like what a page and a half a document? <laughs> yeah, like, just throw Hell a curveball yeah, at Don't us. Be hey, okay, Don't well, be no, okay. Uh, we've been talking about disappointments. So let's immediately go to the other side. Who's your fantasy MVP this year? Ooh. The MVP of of the season. Like overall, uh, Josh Jacobs, first person that comes to mind. Uh, that's a good one. That's actually that's also my pick. Josh Jacobs is my MVP of the season. Yeah, right. And um, can I, can I do like a small victory lap here? Was I not saying this in the in the preseason? Yeah, like, but everyone thought it was just a homer pick, and so oh, come on, dude. We <laughs> know what it is. We've talked about it plenty of times. He was already the leader. He was out there with Nick Chubb and all those dope dudes at running back as far as like broken tackles, yards after contact, all, all the cool stats for running backs, the things you really look at for someone that you want to fuck with. And he's been doing that his whole career. Well, I mean, he did have a career season. He had he had, he set career marks for carries, yards, yards per carry, touchdowns, yes. even receiving yards. Yes. And there were questions going into the season, though, right? Because now it's Josh McDaniels. They brought in Brandon Bolden. Well, they, they didn't pick up his fifth-year option. Yeah, right. And now he's a free agent. Yes. See, I would say I would say Josh Jacobs was the best value, I think, in fantasy football this year, or at least one of the top two. Um, but I think there's a strong case for Travis Kelsey, again, mm-hmm. as MVP. Like he averaged um, an additional six fantasy points per game than the next closest tight end. Six more points yeah. per game. George Kittle finished number two. That's Which is so surprising. Fucking crazy. That's such a large gap. Yeah. Like it's a, I, it's a complete unfair advantage and a complete you know it's a um, desolate. It's position. a huge advantage for your team with him performing like this. Yeah, and uh, and I did I did like Josh Jacobs is my overall MVP, but I did break down MVPs per position for myself just before we came in here. And Travis Kelsey is the easy answer at tight end, but like to put in perspective, he he set a career high in fantasy points, two hundred sixty, just barely edging out his previous high. It's ninety points higher than the second place finisher in TJ Hawkinson. It's crazy at tight end. Yeah, Hawkinson finished just above Kittle, like barely. Am I am I looking at the wrong shit right now? 
I probably am. I'm looking at Fantasy Pros. Um, Kelsey entered week 18 as one of just 11 skill position players to average at least 19 points per game. 11 times PPR oh, points per game. Oh, what am I? Yeah, are you on average or total points? Yeah, I'm on standard. I'm on dickhead. Oh, there it is. Yeah, that's why. Okay, let me just so, fuck off real quick. So, oh, yeah. Oh, he was that's all, nice. Yeah. yeah. That's he was, what you're saying He now. was also the only tight end to break 1,000 yards. He had 400 more yards than TJ Hawkinson did. Mm-hmm. Hey, TJ Hawkinson, though, good value, right? Oh, hell yeah. He had great value. Um, someone Eventually. Out, someone I was going to bring up, check out. You want to talk about good value? Fucking uh, Jamal Williams. Come on now. Okay, yeah. Come on, baby. Yeah. That's fair. Yeah. Come on. As someone, uh, me, I hate DeAndre, DeAndre Swift because I'm just a, a fucking hater. Um, <laughs> DeAndre Swift, like, where is he at? Jamal Williams, number eight. DeAndre Swift <laughs> at 22. Obviously, 14 games played for DeAndre Swift and probably not even full games. And Jamal Williams basically healthy the entire season. Missed one game, right? So, isn't Austin, that wild? Austin Eckler, too, is another candidate, I think. First I round mean, pick, yeah. though. First round pick. Yeah. So is Kelsey, though, in a lot of leagues. Well, uh, yeah, that's why I don't include Austin Eckler because I mean, first round pick. Who knew he would finish as number one? But right. either way, still. A but first I mean, round he, pick. he was a, well. He was, I think, for pre-draft average, he was the third overall pick. When I'm looking at this running back list, guys that stand out to me off the bat, like I said, Jamal Williams, Tony Pollard finished above Jamal Williams. Yeah, see, Tony Pollard, crazy. I, value. I had him in our home league, and that was my that would be my pick for my. Probably biggest value. Well, yeah, I mean, Ramondre Stevenson. Sorry, I mean, I, think no, I got, you're good, I got you're good. Tony in like round eight or something yeah. like that, yeah. or round nine maybe. What about Ramondre though? He finished above Najee yeah. Harris. Yeah, Tony Pollard was being drafted in round nine, finished as the RB seven. Ramondre f- was actually got drafted just after Tony Pollard in round ten. Um, only four picks later for overall draft pick and finished as what did he finish as? Top twelve or fifteen? Ramondre was Ramondre. number eleven. Number eleven. 11. Yeah. So like the both guys insane value, those those are literally league winners. That, that those are those type of guys. Those are league winners. Special shout out, real quick. We don't have to really focus on it. Jared McKinnon, finished at twenty one, finished the season strong as fuck. That's like yeah. one of the. That's one of those things. That's why fantasy is gambling, man. Jared Jared could be the waiver wire ad of the year. Oh, definitely, be, because he came through at the back end of the season and, and in the in the playoffs, like when it mattered most. That's why waiver wires are important. And you can catch us on waiver wires every motherfucking Tuesday during the <laughs> season. We're gonna we, we might remodel what we're doing, but yo, you gotta be on your waivers. Oh hell yeah. Throw another one at us. Do it right now. All right. Which young not necessarily young not, not like a rookie, but which younger player do you see making the biggest leap next season? Oh, that's a good one. The first people that come to mind to me will be George Pickens or Garrett Wilson. Justin Fields. Okay. I like that too. I'm thinking Depending on what the Bears do. I don't know. I mean, shit, they might. They're not. I don't think they take. I mean, they got number one pick. They're not going to take a quarterback. They need things everywhere. I think Justin Fields solidified that he can be. I mean, he basically showed us what Jalen Hurts did last year. And then we saw what Jalen Hurts did this year, where all of a sudden he became a great passer as well. That improvement. Yeah. Yeah. That improvement. You know, that third year improvement is always a big thing with quarterbacks. They talk about all the year, that year three difference. It's huge for Christ because it's like all of a sudden they see defenses better. And, and, you know, they can just read what NFL coverages are better. Now, we have this obviously a major improvement in his passing skill, but that's, what, again, exactly what we were saying about Jalen Hurts last year. And yep. look what he, and Jalen Hurts came into this season and was an MVP candidate. And, I mean, basically the MVP is coming down between him and, you know, Patrick Mahomes. Well, and and Jalen, like, it wasn't so much 
arm talent, like power, and it was more the anticipation, like anticipating throws. Yeah. And, and Justin's the same way. Reading defenses, and Justin Fields is the same way. So if he has someone that can come in, you know, like like they like the Eagles did with with Jalen and really, you know, help him out, which which they did last year, getting rid of Matt Nagy. Um, he could be well, not to mention bringing in AJ Brown. Yeah, you know, if if the the Bears make some moves in the draft and go get a receiver, they could trade back and get, you know, the top receiver in the in the draft. Yeah, whoever you think there's gonna be, be there's but. definitely gonna be some some suitors for the number one pick because people are gonna want to jump Houston to get their to get the quarterback that they want, right? Whether that be C.J. Stroud or Bryce Young, um, which you know we'll touch on rookies coming up, you know, later in the offseason. But like, yeah, the Bears have yeah. they're gonna have suitors, and yeah, they, they drop back to you know third, fourth, sixth. They're gonna get their pick of maybe not necessarily the bet the top defensive guys like Will Anderson or Jalen Carter, um, you know, they're both on defensive linemen that seem like world beaters right now. Uh, but I mean, they're gonna still have a top tier guy to choose from back then. Not to mention, if you do oh, drop, yeah. think about it, you drop down to third or fourth, and then quarterbacks go one, two, they're going to get one of those guys anyways. I, I feel like lately with the draft, it hasn't been happening like that. And even if you get a, you know, a bottom 15, 16 pick, right, you're from, from 16 to 32, you can still get great guys. Yeah. The, the draft is deeper than ever. People are coming in, they're being more productive than I, I feel like it, it has ever been in our lives. Rookies are more prepared now than they have been ever. Every yeah. year, there's rookies well, coming in. receiver, too. Yeah. Oh, the receivers, it's insane. People are coming in and immediately and producing. Yeah, and that's why I brought up Garrett Wilson. Have you all seen this motherfucker? Uh, after so the great. catch. But that's why he's on my catch, dynasty team. Dude, it is wild. Him but after the catch is insane. He's really it should good. be noted. I mean, the Jets are go- the Jets are going. They're not going to draft a rookie. They're they're moving on from Zach Wilson. We know that, too. I know they're talking about possibly bringing back Mike White. But, like, they're going to go after... A veteran quarterback, and honestly, I would not be surprised if you find Derek Carr in New York next year. Yo, I was talking about that at work earlier this morning. Yeah, I would not be surprised by that at all. My homie at work, he was talking about, uh, oh, the Falcons, they're gonna get Derek Carr. I was like, no, I think they're about. Yeah, he said Derek Carr and DeAndre Hopkins to the Falcons, and I was like, honestly, I see DeAndre Hopkins maybe going to the Falcons. That'd be interesting. But um, see, just a Falcons homer, they're gonna get Derek Carr and DeAndre Hopkins. Well, Hopkins is a quarterback proof, right? So we talked about it. Yeah, he, oh yeah, he, he can go anywhere and be productive. And that actually, that's an interesting point because they are talking about trying to trade Hopkins now that he's not going to be there next year. Well, I mean, he, they'd have to trade him. Like the, they, you know, he's not. Yes, a free agent. they hire Sean Payton. Well, right now the uh, report came out today. Obviously, it's comes down to the Broncos and Cardinals with Sean Payton, but they said that the Broncos are the front runner because he prefers the stability at in the in the front office and the ownership. Yeah, makes sense. Also, since we're since we're on the Cardinals here, oh, that's a career mistake. I'm telling you right now. I know you're listening, Sean Payton. Don't <laughs> do it, dude. I okay. So it's a hard division. So, it's career suicide. The so Broncos okay. are fucked. Cu- couple I'm questions. Telling you well, right the, now, the Broncos have insane talent. They have more talent They're than the fucked. Cardinals do. It's not even close, actually. The Broncos have much more talent overall. Yeah, they do. It doesn't matter. They're fucked. So, but a couple quick questions on the Cardinals situation and Sean Payton. So it also came out that after they fired Kling, uh, Kingsbury, that they are going to have Kyler Murray have significant input on the coaching hire. Should they do that? Should they give oh, Kyler Murray God. that much fucking power? Well, it depends. No, if it's a, it depends he if it's ever a, had as much power as he has, dude. It's like ridiculous. 
go win a playoff game. Then you can tell me who the fuck you want as your coach. Right, it's been like fucking four years for him. But if it's a double XP weekend on Call of Duty <laughs> for Kyler Murray, don't let him make <laughs> any fucking decisions. Yeah. Dude, so the boy ain't been I sleeping, know, man. Like, and that's the thing. And now, granted, I will say, I think Sean Payton helps out. Uh, Kyler Murray a lot more he'll ever help out Russell Wilson because he can teach Kyler how to properly prepare for a fucking football game because clearly Kyler Murray has issues with that he's not very disciplined is what it sounds like but double XP weekends on Call of Duty <laughs> let me say that again <laughs> you guys have seen the stats look it up oh, yeah. if you can't I know, find it's, it it's, it's, it's a honestly thing. weirdly easy to find it's, it's a thing I know it's weird he loses it is a thing. games when there's double XP weekends on Call of Duty yeah it's a thing Come on. It can only happen so often. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I mean, Kyler Murray is obviously super, super talented, but the shit between the years is all fucked up, I think. It's it's shit, like you said. Like, um, I, I think he's so just been coddled. It seems like that's the like the personality, at least like what mm-hmm. I got from like Hard Knocks and just all this bullshit. Dude, he, like. He just seems like he's been coddled his whole life. He's he's always been the star athlete, and yeah. it's gotten to his head where he thinks like he can just go out there and wing it every week. Yeah. Ashtray, let me get that ashtray from you. Keep going, fellas. <laughs> you can so, tell the listeners. Yeah, I mean, it's just it's just one of those things. Like he just doesn't seem like he has it in between. That's why you see guys that are not great, extremely like great talents overall, but they succeed because they're smart and they understand how to how to prepare right. and read defenses. Like and the, the perfect, honestly, the the perfect. I think analogy or comparison to that would be like a Kirk Cousins, yeah. Who has never has never been a, a in terms of like overall just overall talent has never been a insane quarterback. He doesn't have he's not he's not a big arm. He's not fast. He's not that he's not very athletic, honestly. Obviously, and <laughs> but but <laughs> he gets it done. Yeah, but he does get it done because he's smart. He understands how to read a defense, and he's been that way since he, since his rookie season. Well, I mean, he puts the work in too. Yeah. I mean, he he wasn't just born with you know with read being able to read defenses. Yeah, it takes a lot or, of fucking work. Or another guy that I think comes to mind too is Ryan Fitzpatrick. Stayed in the league for fucking twenty years as a. Yeah. Perennial, like, fringe star. Now you come around. I've been riding Ryan Fitzpatrick train for fucking three well, years. Well, <laughs> he's been retired for two, so that's weird. <laughs> no. 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 He's on the analyst desk. Just for one year. <laughs> he's but, the best analyst in the fucking country. But it's just one of those things, like, there's certain things you can't teach. You can't teach discipline and preparation and putting in that work. You can't teach that. That's yeah. to come naturally. You have to do that from within. Well, Cardinals are fucked because they gave him the world, and so now they have to do whatever he says, basically, because uh, he's guaranteed $160 million or whatever. So Yeah. Also, why the hell, if you, you're clearly you're siding with Kyler Murray here, you fired the coach, why the hell are you talking about trading his number one fucking receiver? I don't think D-Hop wants to be there. I don't think D-Hop... Is he the number one, though? Over Marquise? Oh, hell yeah! Fuck yeah! <laughs> Come, <laughs> on. Close. Come on! Come on, man! I, I, I can't help but play devil's advocate. I was born with it. It's in my. <laughs> I thought you were about to say AJ Green for a second. Uh, fuck off, free dude. agent. Um, uh, no, no, but yeah, D Hop. I, I don't even know if he likes Kyler. I mean, you know, there was I mean, a lot of things on the sideline where it was like, yeah, but like looks pretty John fucking, <laughs> looks pretty ass. annoyed, right? Yeah. But there, but like the things you see on the sideline were like Kyler getting mad with with Cliff. With Kingsbury and, and then, but then, but then DeAndre would come over and like put his arm around Kyle, like, "Hey, come on, let's go over and talk about it." Like, there was, and there was moments him. where they were they were going at each other. We all seen the video, yeah. Where he's like, "Where are we throwing That's the ball weird. to?" or whatever. So, fucking I know whatever. we went off on a bit of a tangent there, but I wanted to come back to who we see making the biggest leap. I know you're out fields, 
You brought Garrett Wilson. One of the guys that I'm keeping an eye on is Kenneth Walker the third. Oh God, he's a superstar. That's money. I mean, no, that's I money know, in the bank. I know, but like, but I, there's just a couple of reasons for that. Is like him. Like obviously, he missed some time this year because of injury. He's my rookie. And, and of the to be year. and to begin and to begin the season, he had Rashad Penny the there. Rashad Penny is a free agent. Um, after seeing what Kenneth Walker did this year, I can't foresee the Seahawks even caring about bringing Rashad Penny back, except for insurance for for healthy reasons. Like six no years. Reason. I know. They're not going to do it. I think he's going to want some money because of what he did in that short span. I, I don't see right. him coming back. No, I don't see him coming back either. And then short on top, span last year. And then on top of that, you have to also look at like the offensive line for the Seahawks was extremely young. They started two rookie tackles. Yeah. The 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 more that that group grows and cohes and you know comes together is only make it that much better and that much easier for Kenneth Walker to run. I see Kenneth Walker having. As good of a year he had this year, I see him having a much better season next year. Full season. Uh, That's good. Yeah. The chemistry. Undisputed lead running back. It's not even be a question. Yeah. Well, and that's a great thing about Pete Carroll. As long as as he's there, you know they're going to be running the ball. ball. (laughs) They're going to want to establish it. And there's always going to be, as long as they have someone talented enough, there's going to be one guy that's the dude. And that's obviously Kenneth Walker. I'm so happy I have him in our keeper league. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah. That's a killer pick for sure. I got two questions. Okay. We drinking some more whiskey. <laughs> Go for it. And Jimbo. Okay, so it's apparently we're doing that. Uh, what what what's one of your questions? Um. Well. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So it's the guy, I, I can tell somebody came with no questions here. Um, what's the first thing that comes to mind? Like the fantasy year, like just anything interesting, honestly. Yeah. Like the things that stick out to you. I got. I got. Would I got you so guys? Questions. Would you guys have a different rookie of the year? Like my pick would be Kenneth Walker, but like Chris Olave, Damian Pierce, Garrett Wilson. These are all guys that made impacts. Damian Pierce is a great person to bring up. I think. Yeah, I, I agree. Uh, especially because. Yards I mean, after contact? Yeah, no, it, it was great. And especially because he needed to because he was getting hit literally behind the line of scrimmage the entire year. Yeah. So so that's that's what I say. But, like, I think it's still kind of hard because he still gave you more production than Damian Harris, especially later in the year, even though they both slowed down and then Damian. But Damian Pierce seemed to really slow down, and then he got hurt, which well, That's what happens worse. when you're getting fucking hit behind the line yeah. of scrimmage. <laughs> I know. Every time you touch the ball. Like, um... You know, I hope things improve for him because we all, you know, uh, we talked about his tape before even the NFL draft. We talked about Damian Pierce on our rookie running back show, and it seemed like no one else was talking about him. Like, no one else, like, a little bit, a conversation here and there, but the production we, wasn't great. In, we, in we definitely were Florida. talking about him early in the offseason. That's what I was before saying. Before he became a hot a hot thing because like the one the one thing that was kind of talking weird. about him in like March, right? Yeah, yeah. like this is early. We were talking about his, him. his running style and at least the tape that I watched, like his ability to make plays in the passing game was way better than I expected out of him. And if you can do that in the NFL, if you can run hard and you can make plays in the air, um, you should be pretty well suited for the for the NFL game now. It's a terrible situation in Houston. Um, he doesn't have any competition, but he also has zero offensive line. So it's like, yeah, I mean, they need wholesale so changes. What's the outlook for him next year? I mean, well, they lost Lovey Smith. Obviously, they're rebuilding. Who and Lovey loves Damian Pierce. I mean, he came out and said it like week four, like, no, we need this. This is the guy we want leading our team 
because of the way he plays. He's a hard-nosed fucking guy who will put his hat in there and die for you on every play if he needs to. And, like, that's, that's what love That's what I saw. That's old. Right. Dude, and that's Tate old. Tate don't lie. Yeah, Tate doesn't lie. You're right. It doesn't. And the thing is, though, the crazy thing is that Danny Pierce started becoming a really hot commodity the deeper in the draft season we got. And then all of a sudden, like, a guy that you generally would have been able to get in, like, the late rounds, like, you're talking rounds 10, 11, 12, was also going the sixth. And so, depending on when you drafted, you might have had to reach for him. I know I'd reach for a couple and a couple drafts, but that's mostly because I was playing I, all my drafts were with you guys, and I knew we were all gunning for him. I was like, someone's got to pull the trigger yeah. first. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know who he reminds me of? But Brees Hall. You know, we go into the off season, kind of like uh, we we're all doing mock drafts, right? Definitely a top sought rookie running back. Yeah. But as we got closer to the season, we're like, oh, shit, people are really gunning after Brees Hall. Like an RB1 pick. Yeah. yeah. And I'll be honest, uh, I was not really about that. Uh, I was proven wrong towards, you know, uh, towards the end of his season as he t- got towards his injury. But uh, oh, he was him and Damian Pierce, to me, they're almost they're like mirror images of each other. Not, not, not in like styles or anything, but as far as like productivity per, yeah, yeah, and like how valuable And, and honestly, my biggest thing for Brees Hall going into it is like I didn't trust the Jets offensive line. Right. Clearly, that was a wrong assumption to make because like they, they were doing well. They're much improved. You know, you know me as Victory Lab Jose. I told you the I Jets know. ain't fucking around, dude. They're now, coming around right now. The one thing, and now, granted, Brees Hall is the RB1 there, but the Jets have a stable of very good backs. They have Brees Hall. Zonovan Knight comes out of nowhere to be a stud in the last few weeks of the season. Hey, shout you out to ha- him, but fuck you ha- him. You dude. have Michael. Car- you, ha- you still have Michael Carter, who's always shown as being a very good complimentary back, right? Yeah. And then you have James Robinson, who's off in the wind somewhere. Is he know. alive? Can someone tell us what's happening dude, with him? He's the new. Uh, what's What's your guy? Who's your he's guy? Tyrell Williams. Tyrell Williams. Yes. Where's he guy. at? What happened? What that's happened true. to him? He got signed. He never uh, did. He even like play a snap for them. He what the played, fuck? He played happened? in like the first week, and then he was a healthy scratch the rest of the season. Dude, this is garbage. Now we got Zonovan Knight out here, or White, or whatever. I don't. I just don't understand. Like we said in the season, like obviously, I think Zonovan Knight probably shined in practice, and they said we got to get this guy the ball, and then he made some plays. And uh, dude, um, Sal is that type of coach. Like if you're the if you're yeah. out there making plays. Uh, he's going to keep you in. The hot I, I feel you, but what, what did they trade for him? You probably know this. For James Robinson. What did oh, they trade for James like a, Robinson? Like a, like, a fifth, like a fifth round pick, something like that. It was wasn't it? a huge, oh but like. God, they're just dishing our guy out for but, garbage. But the thing is, too, like James Robinson went as his own, like he's an RB1. He can be an RB1 in this league. Yeah. He loses it to, to Travis Etienne, and maybe rightfully so, Travis Etienne's you know, your first round draft pick, so you, if he's healthy, you want to give him the ball. The and boy then, is nasty. Yeah. But then he go, but then like, it's just so weird when you, when you have somebody who went undrafted, shows he can be an RB1, then loses his job in one in one team, goes to another team, and then it becomes a healthy job. Like, like it, what's like what's going on with James Robinson? Like, do people not like him? Maybe it doesn't make sense because he he's clearly talented enough to be an RB1. I mean, maybe the Achilles was bugging him more than he was leading on. I you know who knows, man. There's a million different things that could have been going on. But. You know my conspiracy theory. He's the Antonio Antonio Brown of running backs. What if he's toxic, dude? Any, Antonio Brown. Oh, okay. I thought you were <laughs> mentally. I was thinking Antonio mentally. Gibson for some reason. No, yeah, no he's no. also a running back. No, <laughs> no, 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 no. I, I, I hate Antonio just, Gibson. I would never bring him up willingly. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, and honestly, the way it seems, it, I almost feel like it's got to be a personality thing. Maybe he just rubs people the it, wrong way, and they don't want to fucking play with him. It could be, man. Yeah, you know, there's so many things that th- these are real humans. R.I.P. You know yeah. what I mean? These are real humans. So there's a lot that goes into it. 
Wait, are you sure they're not reptilian? Uh, I'm actually not 100% <laughs> sure. I think some of them could be aliens, but um, I don't know. Tune into our next episode. Are they aliens? Are they humans? <laughs> I will say another guy I'm looking forward to seeing what he does next year that I think it will make a big leap because I thought he was going to this year is J.K. Dobbins. Yeah, you were on the J.K. train. I was, yeah. but here's the thing. that That's the, a good train to be on. As, this, as he came back and you saw he wasn't quite right at the beginning of the season... It was, even though the, the team doctors were like, no, dude, we're lo- doing scans of your knee. Your knee looks fine. But he's like, dude. And he kept telling them, like, no, there's something wrong. And finally, he convinced them to actually literally open his knee back up. That's when he went back on IR. And they found a bunch of scar tissue shit that they could not see on the scans. So, like, it's one of those things that's, that says, like, athletes know their bodies better than anybody else do. He, or does, do. <laughs> dude. But it's just one of those things, like, it's like, he knew something was wrong. Like, no. Like trust me, there's something wrong. Got back in, and he, he immediately comes back, and you can tell he's not 100 percent healthy. But he looked a hundred times better than he did at the beginning of the season. When he gets a full off season and is able yeah. to be come back in the next season, a hundred percent healthy, he's gonna be a problem. Hey, the boy was nasty two years ago, and I just want to say real quick. That's why we love you on this podcast. You you know too much. <laughs> How the fuck do you know it's these been, things? I've it's known insane. this motherfucker since I was two years old. It's been the same. <laughs> it's crazy. Shit our whole lives, like it's just crazy. pulling shit out of, and then you like you're like, okay, it's not even accurate. Let me look it up. Yeah, it's like word for word, <laughs> fucking accurate. <laughs> I thought I had an opinion, <laughs> and it's completely wrong. That's um, cool. You you know too much for your own good. Weird. That's why we, you know, we fuck with you. <laughs> I uh, I got another question here, and then um, and then you guys can go. Oh, well, Tyler's gonna rip off a fucking million of them. <laughs> well, I was I'm thinking about next year already, obviously, as we do, and I was kind of talking about it a little earlier with you know things changing a bit in the fantasy landscape as far as quarterbacks becoming more and more valuable, valuable with more and more elite runner uh, running quarterbacks in the league. But I've also been having this thought about wide receiver. And historically, as we all know, uh, as we've all played fantasy football for a long time, it's always been you got to get your bell cow running backs in the first, second round. How much of that is changing in your guys' opinion? Um, Like, to me, I think there's an argument to be had that Justin Jefferson is the 101 of next year's draft. And... And who knows where Cooper Cup will go coming back off the injury with Stafford, maybe, maybe not being there. McVeigh, maybe, maybe not being there. But we've seen these elite receivers, and obviously the way the league is going to more of a passing game, um, like Justin Jefferson was week in and week out just winning you games. And so <laughs> – For the most part, a couple of weeks, I hear like, what the fuck A couple of weeks, but how many running backs had – as much consistency as he did. No, none. You know? <laughs> none. Zero. Yeah, it's rare. It's rare. So yeah. it's like, how high are these receivers going to go now? You know, because really last year, was it the last year that we see where it's guaranteed a running back is the 101? Potentially. Yeah. Honestly, actually, this is one of my questions too. Because, and so looking at it, last year, I think we had the most receivers on the first round as it was ever, anyways. For average draft position, you had Cooper Cup at 5, Justin Jefferson at 6, Jamar Chase 9, Devontae Adams 11, and Stephon Diggs 12. Those are overall draft picks, right? So that's five guys in the first round. And I don't know if you're necessarily going to see more guys in the first round. Way more than... Ever. Yeah. Ever. But uh, yeah, It's wild. 
and but I think you're going to see it where like that's the norm going forward where you're going to see half of the first round are receivers now. Whereas before you had like one guy. You had that one guy going the first round and maybe and maybe like Kelsey at the end or Gronk at the end, but like you know or go back, you know, fuck fuck 10 years and you're like the only guy you even consider in the first round was like a Randy Moss, right? Right. And like now I think you are going to you're going to see so far back. <laughs> I mean, and and think about those too. Like, not just receivers. Think about it as just pass catchers. You, we had five first round, uh, first round draft picks this year. If you add in Kelsey, his overall draft position was 14, just outside the first round. After this year, and how much more he was, how much more productive he was than every other tight end. I can, I think you're going to see him back in the first round next year. So you're talking about you're probably going to see seven. I'd say about seven pass catchers in the first round next year. I think so, and honestly, if I have the opportunity to take Justin Jefferson with one of the first three picks, I'm doing it. Yeah, right now, like I'm just I'm doing it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Trey, Trey, what are you thinking over there? I don't know. I'm just looking at I'm looking at numbers here, and it, it, it's interesting. Yeah, because uh, the the landscape has changed quite a bit. You know, as far as you know, with, with running backs, you got you know, really with any position, you have some elite guys, and there's a little bit of a fall off with running backs. It's really not much of a fall off. It's a very steady fall off. Going like, let's just say people who scored more than 170 points, right? Um, in fantasy points this year with running backs, you go down to a number, uh, 16 guys running back wise scored more than 170 points this year. But then you look at the the wide receivers is who scored more than 170 points fantasy wise this year. Only seven guys did. So I I agree with what you guys are saying. Yeah, they're becoming way more valuable and it. It's just crazy how how quickly the landscape changes. Well, it's it hasn't changed that quickly. I mean, you think about it. We've been playing for fucking. We're getting close to twenty years now. Yeah, <laughs> um, I mean, at least ten between the, like the three of us. Like we're talking oh, like 30 together. Years. Yeah, I mean, so I'm been... I'm pretty sure I was thirteen the first year I played yeah. fantasy, and that would have been twenty eight years or twenty eight. Oh, same. <laughs> eight, it been eighteen years 18, ago. 18. I was on a CBS Sports League with a bunch of fucking strangers. I don't know if that really counts. It counts. I mean, You're playing we, fantasy. We was out here. I was being competitive. You're learning the ropes. Yeah, um, we start. I, I feel like we really started getting being competitive. You know, after high school, so we're talking about like you know, like we we've, we've been competitive for the. Like, but okay, 12, so for all that years. time since we were 13, 14 years old, it's always been running, running back, running back, and yeah. then another oh, dude, running back. If you go, and if then you another go, running back. <laughs> like if you, you go know? back, if you go back yep. to, you know, when we first started playing, it literally. Your first back then, especially back then, like you, it was almost all only ten team leagues. It wasn't even a twelve team league now, which is right. But like back then, like literally, it was also standard scoring. So. Yeah, standard scoring. There wasn't there was like it was you know PPR wasn't a thing yet. I remember when PPR first came out, I was like, that's bullshit. That's not normal fucking fantasy. And now it's like that's the standard, and half PPR is becoming the standard. It's kind of crazy half how PPR is the, the standard. It if should you play half standard. PPR, fucking kill yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Well, don't do that. <laughs> but. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you heard cut off first. from the whiskey. <laughs> you heard it here for 115 proof gets them a little, uh, little juiced up. Yeah, I've felt this way for a long time. All Not right, PPR so is the way. It's so, the way. so receivers, I think we'd all agree, are much more valuable now. It's worthy to take the top end guys in the first round. It uh, is. It's it's, now, it's a no brainer. But what about quarterbacks? Oh, before we go to quarterbacks, real yeah, quick. Yeah, but yeah, I was who, gonna say before we move at, on at the very top of the draft next year, right now, who do you think should be the number one overall pick next year? Justin Jefferson. You think it should be Justin? Okay. It's in between him and Christian McCaffrey. Like, let's see what see, happens with I, the Niners. I disagree. I think it's Austin Eckler. 
Oh yeah, Austin Eckler. Duh. Okay, between those three guys, but oh man, you guys are throwing me off right now. I, what do you I, mean? I see what you're saying, but I was a little surprised here. Yeah, so so not CNC. Austin Eckler. Not only is uh, an absolute animal, he actually has a fantasy football podcast and like is well aware. Of the impact of fantasy football. So many oh, guys wait, come out so after he's games. A, he's and a competitor. He goes yeah. out there and like, well, yeah, he does play fantasy football, and he like, yeah, so he, fuck him. He wants to put up some points. No, he's still in our listens. First of all, so Austin Eckler. <laughs> yeah, I don't think we compete with Austin Eckler <laughs> in anything in life. But um, yo, Derrick Henry still finished above him. Oh man, that no, he did not. No, he did not. Yes, he did. Austin Eckler Austin was the number one running back. Get in- off standard for the love of God. God, <laughs> why does it keep changing? <laughs> Um. Okay, for me, next year's one hundred and one is Justin God Jefferson. Damn it! I'm sorry, going, folks. I would just say that. All right, I'll I'll put this. One. So not I'm I'm going with Eckler. And the reason why he already gets in, incredible usage on the ground and in the in the pass game, mm-hmm. but overall, when when like when in the red zone, he's the he, guy that goes. He, he has thirty eight touchdowns last two seasons. That's nineteen a year. Yeah, okay, he's, he's the red boy. zone guy. That's that boy. I mean. 19 a year, you're talking about, like, that's unheard of. Like, in like back in the day, we had running backs, you know, touching 20 touchdowns. That's not a thing anymore that, you know, these days, and he's doing it. Yep. You, you guys convinced me. Sorry, I was on fucking standard. When I change positions on this page, <laughs> it fucking goes back to standard. It's my bad. My bad, folks. Um. Okay, can we please just talk about Jalen Hurts for a minute here? No. <laughs> He finished as the as the QB three overall, but he averaged more points per game than both well, Josh he, Allen and he, and he missed some games. Yeah, he missed three. He missed three games. Yeah, but this man was so fucking consistent. Yes, it was, and I took advantage of him in quite a few leagues, and he absolutely carried my teams. What were we talking like fourth, fifth round? Or is that too low? I, I no, feel like that's about that, right. that's, no, that's low. He's, he he was going. Gonna, he was going in the fifth round this year. He's going to be a second round pick next year. No, yeah. that's what I'm saying. You can get him in the last year. You could draft him in like the fourth or fifth. I got him round. in the sixth in our home keeper league. Yo, and we've been talking about the boy, right? We we talk about it all the time. Yeah, quarterbacks are running upside, and yeah, it's he, not like he's the worst. Fucking he was the fifty fifth overall draft pick on average this this year. And he was so consistent, okay. man. Like yes, guaranteed, but twenty five points per game. I like, will say, I and yeah, I mean, and the best when he's playing. Yeah, I will say this because one of my questions was, who are you not for sure not draft next year? Who's the one guy you're like, I'm done with? And now, granted, I'm not done with Jalen Hurts, but he's the one guy I'm probably not drafting because he's gonna go probably thirteenth or fourteenth overall. It'll be Josh Allen than him. Like, yeah, or him and then Josh Allen. It's and they could they could quite they're probably going to quite literally go back to back. I, yeah, I think so. In some leagues, um, Patrick Mahomes will go there as well. But yeah, is, just the elite running ability is is just too much. Is that our next question then? Who are we not drafting next yeah. year it, at it, their uh, pro, you know with our projected ADP in our minds? Well, we're honestly, I would like to actually propose, propose that question without ADP in mind. Just who's a guy that you're just like I'm fucking done with it, like I I don't want him on my team anymore. I'm tired of the of the up and down. I'm tired of him not Alvin Kamara. Okay, see I've heard that. That's I've, a great one. I've seen that online. I've heard that a lot. Um, Let me get that ashtray from you, and I'll tell you here, um, real quick. You you can comment on that. Um, mine's Ezekiel Elliott. The one year I was about him, I'm never doing it again. Yeah, and that's very never. 
at this point, the way Tony Potter played this year. Yeah, he's fading out. Um, Tony's the guy there. I mean, Tony is, point, yeah. is the dude. Um, it's it's pretty clear. And, you know, Zeke has such a big name there. They're going to keep giving him the ball as long as he's on the team. But Tony is the is the playmaker there. But Alvin is still in that, you know, oh, he's the, he's the dude, right, for New Orleans. Um, but I'm just so sick of this fucking offense and how terrible it is. Like It's bad. And and there's times where I know Alvin does care and, you know, wants to whatever, win games. But at times it it, it honestly does not look like that. <laughs> like, And it's like he, I, he'll, I, he has first being such an elite athlete and what he's done for fantasy football – he has such a low fucking floor. It's crazy. I think so much of that comes down to like New Orleans offensively and especially like, you know, on the offensive line, they're just not very talented any longer. Like they had all those years where like especially with a guy like when you had Drew Brees can make up so much, you know, difference because he's yeah. so elite and you have to always figure out where the hell he's gonna go with the ball because you can manipulate defense so well it would open up lanes for Alvin Kamara, which would then, you know, Get a makeup for some of the deficiencies the offensive line had, yeah. and now that you have Andy Dalton or Taysom Hill or whoever the fuck they have at quarterback, they don't have that guy that can make it. So with like defenses, all they have to do is key on Alvin Kamara because he's the only real playmaker they have. Because as much as you as 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 good as uh, like Chris Olave is, someone has to get him the ball, and there's not a guy right. there that can consistently do that. No, and and ever since you know Sean Payton and and Drew Brees left, we've seen you know there's <laughs> those guys had a major major impact on this offense clearly, and they, they, um, were, they were the offense. So and I don't see it getting better anytime soon. So yeah, Alvin Kamara would be my pick. I mean, I took him in the second round, I think, in our keeper home league, and luckily I was able to get some other running backs like Tony and Kenneth Walker. Uh, but and that's kind of saved my season, but. Yeah, he was he was killing me week to week. Like, should I start him? Should I not start him? And a guy that you pick in the second round, you you don't ever want to question, you know, whether or not you should start that guy. You know, so you, you know what that reminds me of is like as we get older, is um, a lot of guys get stuck in the past. With like with what's you get going stuck on, on with names, guys, yeah, the big names, the, the names, the production. We don't really like realize what's going on with their current situation. And I think that's the biggest downfall in fantasy that you can have is be, uh, uh, pretty much what I said, you know, being stuck on their production and what's going on in the past. You got to assess what's Absolutely. going on right now. And uh, uh, honestly, just to be real, I think that's just getting older. We, we can't fucking help it. We've been watching the game for so long. Alvin Kamara, he's a goddamn beast, right? Yeah. But and he's still he relatively get, young, too, if you want to you know throw that in there. He, right in a way. But for a running back, he's middle age. What do you guys think about um, Lamar Jackson? Two years in a row now, he has absolutely killed you once you got to playoff time because he wasn't playing. Um, last year, I think he got hurt in the Week 14 game um, at the very beginning of the game, and you didn't see him again for the rest of the year. And then this year, he got hurt Week 13, and you didn't see him again for the rest of the year. Yeah, You know what I want to see? It sounds. It probably sounds fucking completely stupid. I want to see him in a new environment. There's Less no Russian. way he's leaving Baltimore. I'll say that right now. There's no chance in hell he's on no what and anywhere but Baltimore next year. Well, that 
career type is not sustainable with that amount of rushes. Okay, I don't care but, who you are. But that doesn't matter where you go. Like that's his style of play. Always has been. That's always been and that's always been a concern since he came out of college. Because one, you can have a running quarterback, sure, but then you also have somebody who is as slight as he is. He's not like the biggest guy. Yeah. He's not as compact as Justin Fields or Jalen Hurts is a Or Jalen Hurts, yeah. Or and he's not Josh he's not, Allen. Yeah, and Josh well, Josh Allen's a fucking giant out there. Yeah. You know, it's like he's not built but like Jalen Hurts squats. You know, he was squatting 600 pounds in high school. Yeah. You know, like, that, that guy's different. That dude reps 600 pounds. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's insane. Well, Yo, know, what I'm getting at is uh, he's mobile, right? So what I think of is, like, Patrick Mahomes. Obviously, not the same comparison, but you, you get him in, like, a similar type of offense where he can move around a lot and not be required to run as much because obviously like designed he's runs is what you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. Get, get the design runs out of the picture. Take, like, 30% of that away. Right, and give him a position where he's able to throw the ball and designed, you know, like we're talking about fucking uh, play actions, boots, shit like that. Yeah, where, like you got a motherfucker out here in the open where he can make somebody miss, which he does every single time, and then make a play. I'm not saying he has the same type of arm as as Mahomes or yeah. anything like that, but Mahomes is extremely mobile, but he doesn't have to run the ball every. He doesn't time. choose to run, and that's the thing. That's like the that's like the gold that you're everybody's looking for now, right? Like I think it kind of started with Aaron Rodgers, who's a guy who was a pocket first passer but could run a little bit. Yeah. And now it's gotten even more bright where you still have guys like a Josh Allen or Patrick Mahomes who are much better run, runners than Aaron probably ever was in his career, mm-hmm. but can still kill you from the pocket. That's what you're looking for now. And right now Lamar is not that guy. As much as like Lamar has improved as a passer, he still I think tries to run too much. And part of that is probably because they have no goddamn weapons on the outside. They haven't been able to draft a receiver to save their fucking lives in Baltimore. As good as that organization is, they cannot yeah. they cannot identify a stud they receiver. No. Yeah, that's one of my biggest downfalls this year, fantasy. Rashad wise. Bateman. Rashad Bateman. Yeah. I got fucked on that one. He got injured. I know. Yeah, they got no weapons. And, dog. You, and you fucked me too, because I because you convinced the hell out of me on Rashad Bateman. I was still a little wishy washy. Then you hit me with like the there's hundred and nineteen targets that Hollywood Brown has given up and they're all going to Rashad. Well, yeah. that didn't fucking happen. <laughs> they were going to. I'm telling you. They, but they didn't. Even when he, when they were both healthy, they weren't going there. They were. It was going to get there. Oh, don't get out of here, man. The season progresses. It's the Mark Andrews show there until further Fuck notice. Off. Well, shit, but is it? Whatever, Tyler. Is it? I've been on Mark Andrews pissed me off all goddamn season too. He finally. Well, that's yeah. yeah that's he's another. the worst. Too. He he finally. I finally picked him as my start of the week at the very end of the year because I'm like he's got to finally break out one of these games and he fucking did it. Thank God. But well, like, that, that was a terrible pick. I could have told you that. I think t- I did say that. Yo, Tyler, I don't it. think you were there on the podcast. I wasn't. Show, I wasn't. Yeah. But it worked. He had 14 points that week. It was the first game. He had a good he did, game. Finally. He started out hot, though. Oh, he started off with Kelsey, like, like yeah, neck yeah. and neck. Yeah, he was like the tight end one for a oh, while. Oh, that's that boy. When shit's happening, but it wasn't. T- Tyler, hit us with a question. Random. Throw it at us right now. <laughs> shit, 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 shit. Uh, <laughs> all right. So, considering guys that got hurt this year and maybe didn't play most of the season, who do you see of those guys getting hurt coming back and making the biggest impact next year? Well, uh, give us some names. I, gotta, for example, I got one. For example, my number one guy is Javante Williams. Okay. Towards yeah. ACL early in the year. That's a great one. Um, he should come back next year and to probably a better offense. And honestly, that could have been part of the uh, demise of this Broncos offense is that they lost a guy who we saw was was probably going to be a stud running back 
and take pressure off of Russell and let him play off play action. And then he got hurt, and they no longer had that guy. Because Melvin Gordon was fumbling every other time he touched the ball, and then they cut him. Then they brought they bring in Latavius Murray, who is uh, well, you know, we're not like it's not sugarcoating. He's past his prime. We know this. He's thirty two years old. Like, and he was never a a great RB one. He was always a solid RB one, but not great. And that, then you bring him in past his prime. And as Trey knows, the dude runs with no bend in his legs and gets hit oh, in his God. fucking stomach every play. We could do a whole podcast about how he fucking runs the ball. I've I've seen it. I've never seen life. a guy who's 6'2 and like 235 or whatever. Like he's huge. Never lower his pad level. It's the craziest thing. This guy runs like he's trying to reach for this guy. Honestly. It's insane. He's trying to reach God every time he fucking runs the ball. He's just, ah, just straight up <laughs> every time. He's out but, here running like a gazelle when he's be running like a rhino. Yeah. yeah. I, the first guy who comes to mind, I think I already brought him up. Brees Hall. Yeah. No, that's a, that's I, a good I, one too. I, I know they're so deep at running back, but it's, it's honestly wild what he was doing. Before he got injured, it was. He is. A, he's a freak. He's so fast. I don't care how deep they are, and let's be real. Everyone's coming back to running back committee, more or less. I mean, talent-wise, Brees Hall's clear the RB one there, and overall talent. They they have they have a good stable of backs there. That's for sure. Yeah. Um, which I think they what the that's my only worry with the Jets is that like they see like as much as how talented Brees Hall is, when you know you have some talented guys behind him as well. You don't need to use him as a workhorse because you want to keep him healthy for the first, especially for like the Jets who are were a fringe playoff team this year and they you know lock up the quarterback position next year. They will be a playoff team next season. I almost guarantee it. They can bring in the right quarterback. Oh, I'm glad someone's on board with me. I told you last year, victory lap, Jose, just doing his goddamn thing. I'm telling you, the Jets are on the turnaround. You can't fuck around with the Jets. They got a great defense. Like, it's just gonna be turning around, dude. And they're gonna get Derek Carr next year probably. So it's gonna be looking good for him. Um, I got a wide receiver here. He's kind of in and out all season, but obviously we saw him turn it on towards the back end. And there's a lot of question marks with this team and and who's gonna be throwing the ball next year. But Christian Watson. Oh my god. Well, he didn't get hurt this year. Yeah, he did. Well, I mean, okay. he was dealing with injury all year. He was in and out. Yeah, but all year. Okay. but he started the year. He finished the year healthy, and we saw what he could do. So I I'm on time about a guy who like. Well, we saw what Brees Hall can do. Oh, we know what Javante right. was. Right, but he didn't. But, he didn't, but, he, but we didn't finish the way. But we didn't see how they finished. So we, they wouldn't get a full season out of them. Where we saw more games out of yeah, Christian Watson. But we saw them. Fin- we saw Javante finish last year. You know, and we all know we Brees, know Brees Hall was the one hundred and one. Like we know what he is. Christian Watson was more of an unknown coming into this year, and honestly, round pick could have had a huge year, but was dealing with injury from the get go hamstrings from training camp didn't come around until week 10 i see what you're saying though future wise we we didn't see a full season out of christian watson That's no we did not no but a fact well he dropped the but, first pass that fucking well he Aaron yeah through to him. <laughs> and that would have been a touchdown he, he hated it. him for he, fucking he dropped more than a half fucking a season red basket he, br- he dropped a 70 yard touchdown pass on his first catch of the yeah, season. And it yeah it took what nine weeks to bounce back from that yeah now but here's the but thing he's dealing with injury but yeah. injury from Aaron Rodgers. With that being said, like if Aaron Rodgers decides to hang up the cleats and you don't know who's throwing the ball, how much can you really rely on that? Yeah. Um Well, it, it, he's not going to be, you know, you know, one of the top drafted receivers. I'm not saying that. No. I'm saying the guy's a freak athletically. 
Um, even, you know, when Jordan Love did play, he would take a little drag route from Jordan Love and take it house, you know, um, running past everybody. Like, he, he's athletically super gifted. And all he needs is the ball within his vicinity, and he just has to stay healthy. And I think he can be a top 12 guy in the league. Yo, I saw a thing, uh, the top five fastest plays of the year, offensive-wise, because they never tried defensive guys. Um, two of the guys we just talked about were in that. Christian Watson, just under 22 miles per hour on a, um, I believe it was like an out route, something like that. A, a very simple under route, basically. That's the thing. He doesn't yeah. need, you know, fucking dimes that are thrown 60 yards in the air to make plays like yeah. he can take a screen and take it house 80 yards because yeah. he's, he's faster and more athletic than majority of the guys on the field. So all boys fast as fuck. You know, you know, who broke 22 miles an hour. Uh, Brees Hall. Brees Hall. <laughs> fast. Motherfucker. I was like, if you didn't say Tyreek Hill, I was going to smack you. Uh, <laughs> no, we're talking about these two guys is, is what I'm talking about. As far as like rookies. And uh, honestly, uh, Tyreek Hill wasn't in that video. Top five, like, fastest that, miles per hour reach. That seems impossible, but. Hey, <laughs> I, 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 saw, I saw what I saw. I don't know if it was real. <laughs> I mean, we all know Tyreek's fast as fuck. He probably just didn't have a moment where he really opened it up all the way, but, um, yeah. I mean, maybe, yeah. Christian's a, Christian's a dog for sure. And, I, I, you know, even if Aaron's gone, I, I don't think, I, th- I still think he can be an elite fantasy option. At wide receiver, very interesting. I I, I I believe in it. We'll see if Aaron Rodgers is there next year. That that changes everything. Yeah, it, it really does. And you'll see that clearly as we get. You know, obviously, we'll know about his. If he decision. gets a second year with Rod. I mean, it it could be. Yeah. Yeah, but Aaron Rodgers really is going dangerous. to he's going to Las Vegas next year, so I wouldn't blame <laughs> I him. I don't. I don't know. We'll see, man. I mean, obviously, obviously, there's a lot of talk about Tom Brady in Vegas reunited with I McDaniel. Don't even we don't don't. don't Here, do here's it. here's the problem I see with that because it's garbage. That's the problem I see with it. <laughs> I don't want that old <laughs> motherfucker. Who do you want? You want? Um, I want Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> <laughs> oh, now you want Aaron Rodgers? <laughs> how the how the, t- the turntables have turned, huh? <laughs> oh fuck you! It's either that or a fucking Jimmy G. Maybe if Lamar leaves, Jesus. Lamar's um, not going anywhere. If Gino leaves Seattle, it, it's he's like, not going it, anywhere either. Uh, that's what I'm saying. It, if not, everyone's talking about Jimmy G going to Las Vegas. I'm like, God, I will seriously fucking shoot myself. Garbage. How long can I be in a in a rebuilding organization as a fan? Uh, well, Devonte did say, you know, Jimmy G and and Derek Carr are kind of on the same talent level. So he did not say that. Yeah. Get the fuck. <laughs> <out of here. laughs> I will burn this fucking shed down <laughs> with all three of us inside of it. Just let Moose out. Okay, <laughs> just let, let the dog out. Let us all down. All right, let's get another one. Where are we at? I'm running out of questions here, guys. Are you out of questions? I'm running out. Okay, let me. I got one. Yeah, get one off the top, though. Okay, you know me. It's victory lap, Jose. What's your biggest victory lap this year? Someone you've been touting all fucking year, preseason wise, because you know we were recording all preseason. Mm-hmm. Who's somebody you were fucking with that really came through for you? Uh, 
Man. Like someone we actually drafted here. Just anyone you believe that, let's just say like a, lo- a lower draft pick that just came through for you. While, while you guys think about this. I'll Tony just, Pollard was one for me that I had hopes for. Um, Someone you believed in this year before yeah. the season started that would be a productive. He was a, a guy that I was targeting in, in most drafts if I could get him late enough. To start? What do you mean to start? Like you were targeting him, and you're like, "Yeah, I'm going to start this motherfucker at one well, point." Yeah, once Zeke falls off, and I knew that, which was inevitable. I knew that you know Tony was getting to the point where he was better than him. Um, God, who else? Um, I'd say my probably one of my best ones was still Amari Cooper. That's a good. I one. think leading into the preseason, I was the only one who said Amari Cooper is still going to be that guy because the re- wide receiver won there, and you finally came on board. <laughs> it took a while. It took a long <laughs> yeah, time. Dude. But uh, I think he's one. Um, I would also say, as much as people still doubted him, and I know he didn't play the whole season, but Keenan Allen still gave you consistent production on a per game basis. Eventually. No, 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 well, no, because like he still finished as the on a per game basis as the wide receiver twelve on for points per game. So he still well, he you, was hurt. Well, no, that, that's what I'm saying. It's like on that's what I'm saying. Like if you remove those games, like he still was that guy. He's still that wide receiver one. And if he would have played the whole season, like he's still projected for you know what ninety catch and thousand yards. He's just one of those weird like this is what he does. He had. 66 catches and 752 yards in 10 games. You add eight games to that, you're talking about an easy 90 to 100 catches and 1,100 yards. Yeah, I mean, once he came back, yeah, he was hyper-targeted. I'm excited to see what the Chargers do next year. I mean, God, if they could all just stay healthy, you know, and I guess they kind of are going into the playoffs. I think Mike Williams is the only guy... They do expect dealing with something, but they do expect him to play. The X rays on his back came back negative, and as long as the but here's the problem: it's a back injury. Back we know how back like if anybody's ever tweaked their back doing anything every day, it like it, <laughs> at this <laughs> point, yeah. <laughs> Fuck, dude, you, you know you ever you know, you you bend over you're like oh shit, what's that? You're like your sciatica acts up all sciatica, dude, <laughs> and all of a sudden like like for like fucking three weeks it's tender as hell. And then you finally, I'm feeling good. And like you do one extra, one thing a little too much. You're like, ah, damn it. There it is again. Like, we're getting old out here. Shit, man. Yeah, yeah. mine, I, th- this is a slight one, is DeAndre Hopkins. Yeah. Um, I, I totally believed in drafting him. I, I think I got him like around the ninth round. Yeah. And he, he, he came through for about, you know, four or five weeks in a row towards championship season. Might have fucked you up. But you know me, I'm all about my motherfucking defenses, baby. Okay, okay. And I've been talking about it. Guess who finishes number one? Once again, the motherfucking Patriots. What? Did they really still finish yes, the number they one? They did. The motherfucking Patriots. Okay. Above the 49ers, the Cowboys, the Bills, the Eagles, all these fancy fucking teams that you wanted to draft <laughs> defensive wise. The motherfucking Patriots did it again. Bastards. Come on now. That's Bill for you. Yeah. Hey. And honestly, the crazy thing, too, is like, Come so last now. year, just to put, <laughs> they were actually significantly better this year, too. Last year, they finished as the uh, defense number two with 170 points. 
<laughs> so, no, listen, guys, listen to this. They finished the number two defense last year with 170 points. This year, as the number one defense, they finished 198 points. It's 28 points better. You have almost two points a game, which, when it comes to a defense, that's a big fucking amount. It's a big mm-hmm. fucking amount. Yeah, and this is defense I was talking about all offseason. You can't fuck around, man. You want a solid defense that you can fuck with most weeks. Obviously, you're streaming them a little bit here and there. The Patriots, they done did it again. Shout out to the Jaguars over. Finishing solid as fuck. And um, real quick before we move on, the, the Seahawks. Hey, I will Mid-season, say victory laps. I nice. said the Jaguars, much like the um, – I said the Jaguars most likely to be from going from last to first this year. And guess what? That's what they did. They made in the playoffs? They yeah. made it, right? Yeah, they beat yeah, the Titans in week 18. Yeah, they went nine AFC South from last last year to first this year. Yeah. Hey, 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 shout out to them boys. Also, I mean, it should be noted that anybody that or any team that Doug Peterson is coaching is going to put up numbers. That dude, that, that dude has now shown in a very short amount of times that he can turn around the Eagles and the Jags in the matter of a year or two. He's a ball coach. I mean, he took, he took the Eagles from like a top five pick to the Super Bowl in about in two seasons, mm-hmm. and he has the Jags from the number one overall pick to the playoffs in one season. Mm-hmm. That dude can coach. Hey, that brings up a good point. Trevor Lawrence, right? How do you feel about Trevor Lawrence? Hell yeah. I feel really good about right. old Sunshine. Yeah, oh, yeah. I've been killing it. Well, sunshine. Like, so so Trevor six. Lawrence could be, depending on how much they go into next year, deciding to let him run a little bit and score some rushing touchdowns. Like, I'm not saying he's going to be at Jalen Hurts 2022 level, but, you know, Jalen Hurts had a lot of issues coming into 2022 that were resolved. And if anyone can turn around a quarterback and improve their game, it's Doug Peterson. Right. But with that being said, like. He doesn't run Trevor, as good as Jalen, obviously. Well, obviously. But he but still can run. He's that pro. Like, he's big. Just like what I talked about earlier, like the prototypical quarterback in terms of like the guy you want is a guy who can run, right. but isn't looking to. That's what Trevor Lawrence is. Totally. He's, he's athletic enough to absolutely beat you on the ground, but he's a pocket pass. That's what he wants to be. And he'll extend the play, and you know, and you know, find someone deep down the field. Or if he needs to break off, he will. Like yeah. he's one of those guys you do want. I mean, he didn't run a ton, but I mean, he ran just enough to give you an extra, you know, three points a game. And then if he had a he had he did have what one, two, three. He had yeah. Good, he had he had five, he had five rushing touchdowns. Right. Like that's help. That's really fucking good. And they're only going to get better on the offensive side. Um, you know, they got some like Zay Jones. What a fucking revelation he was, yeah. you know. At the beginning of the season, we're like, why are they, why are they throwing a fucking Brinks truck at Zay Jones? And, and Christian and Kirk. And Christian Kirk. And Evan uh, Ingram. And look uh, what happened. Yeah. Where did Evan Ingram finish? Tight end. Let me just be honest real quick. I talked so much shit about Zay Jones during the offseason. I'm just like, I know what he is. He was on the Raiders, blah, blah, blah. And that boy came through. Evan Ingram finishes the tight end six. Taysom Hill yes, finishes sir. the tight end five. <laughs> get out. God damn it. Taysom Hill's so frustrating because he'll literally get you like 0. 0.0.1 point. Cole Commit finishes the tight end seven. Oh, God. Shout out to that boy. That shows you just yes. how. Cole Komet wasn't even catching 
footballs for the first half of the fucking season. And even yeah, then, he had he basically had he was catching balls for like a four game stretch in the middle of the season, and that got him to tight end seven. He basically did nothing most of the year. That drives home uh, Jim's Travis Kelsey's take. He's so valuable. Travis Kelsey scored 260 points, and the next closest is... Hawkinson, 90 points less. Yes, 90 points less. George Kittle, who did not come through uh, towards the end of the year. Uh, Mark Andrews, who had a great beginning beginning of the season. Uh, We're talking about consistency. It's Travis Kelsey. Uh, That's Jason it. Hill, no, not consistency. Honestly, the next consistent tight end that we're really talking about, if we're being honest, is Evan Ingram. Yeah. I think you can throw in Hawkins into that in terms of consistency once he went to Minnesota. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah that changed everything. Yeah, definitely. But we're talking about like season-long consistency where you're trying to like win games to get into the championship. It, it might be a toss-up between Hawkinson and Ingram. There's such a huge gap. <clears throat> and, um, you know, and we've been saying it for years. Like, at some point, it's the shoe's going to fall off for Travis Kelsey. Like, he's just going to be too old. But He's 33 and still killing it. I mean, there was no signs of slowing down this year. I, I, I can't see him falling off next year or even the year after that at this point. It's like. No. And part of it, too, and if, if you talk to anybody that, like, and when they're just studying what he does, like for a long time, and he's always been a very smart runner, but he's always, he's always athletic. He's losing the athleticism, but now he's so smart. Him and Patrick Mahomes he's so are smart. so dialed in yeah. on every fucking play. Like they don't even like it's one of those things. Like they don't even co- even attempt to communicate to each other. Like just, not even with hands. Yeah. He just does it, and then Patrick Mahomes knows where he's gonna be. It's insane. It's it's so weird looking at this this tight end finish like Juwan Johnson finished as a top 12 tight end for, so, so if we're looking at like points per game though it changes things quite a bit yeah yeah if you look yeah, at points per game injuries I mean Zach Hurts is a top six tight end yeah right it's just but like it, again though like I not I mean it's almost like beating a dead horse at this point but like when you even look when you can bring up the points per game Travis Kelsey average Four points more per game than the second best tight end, George Kittle, on a points per game basis. Four game over the course of a season of seventeen games. That's such you're a talking huge about. Gap. You're talking about seventy points. Yeah, on just playing the whole season. Yep, yep, sixty-eight to be exact. You mathematically fucking retard. No, it's not seventy. Four no, 68. Never mind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Get yeah, out of yeah. here. I do the math. I don't. I know things sometimes. <laughs> Occasionally. <laughs> what else? What else? What? I mean, I'm. I'll just admit I was wrong about Amari Cooper. <laughs> I'll just say that mad wrong. I apologize. And um, all right, tight well, ends suck. Yeah, no. Okay, one last question here because I'm thinking we're we're kind of running out. Who's the guy you were most wrong on this year? A guy that you said that was gonna have a bad season, but then performed anyways. I just said it. Oh, is Amari your guy? Amari Cooper. I was so wrong. I drafted him in one league, and or maybe two. I got him in, in um your family league. And one sleeper league. I was in seven leagues this year. I got him in two. 
and I was riding with that motherfucker. I will say, I think my biggest miss of the year, and it's because I just I never really trusted his talent and his position with the offense, but I think I, and I I'm sure I hope I'm not alone. In this would be C.D. Lamb. Yeah, and he really came through in the playoffs. He was a guy I wasn't drafting either. I mean, he was being drafted in the second round. I thought that was way too high, but he's being drafted as a 16th overall guy, and he finished as the wide receiver six, which, I mean, that kind of falls right in line with his, no, no, he was being drafted six overall as a receiver and 16th overall, but I think him still finishing much higher than I thought he would, um, and really solidifying that second round pick, I was wrong on. I think I would saw him more as like a third or fourth round receiver, and I was very much wrong there. What about Saquon Barkley? I was high on Saquon though. I thought like people were people were tripping. It was like, dude, he was so hurt. He you know he got hurt hurt in the year before where he you know messed up the ACL and whatnot. He wasn't fully healthy last year. You could kind of see it. And but this year, I was like, no, he's gonna solidify his, the reason why he should why he was the number one overall pick or not a number one overall pick, but he was the second overall pick in the draft a couple years ago. And I thought he was going to come back and did it, and he, he did. So I was high on Saquon. I like Saquon a lot. I had no problem taking him in, in almost any league. Saquon would probably be my miss because um, I wasn't drafting him in any leagues. I There's just too many question marks. I didn't believe in Daniel Jones, you know, new coaching staff. So... God, but probably like for someone that didn't perform well that I was high on, DeAndre Swift. <laughs> oh, for sure. God. I it's love fine. To hear it. It's like it's finally said. I, love I, to I, hear I, it. I was I was definitely high on DeAndre Swift. Um, I fucking told you. Turns out he's a pussy. <laughs> I told you. I told you. I told you. I fucking told you. So. Come yeah. on, man. Anyone that's been listening. Mike Williams, know. too. I mean, but that's a little bit more injury-related, but he still is up and down. I'm done with him. Fuck it. He comes back, he's injured. I'm not doing it no more. <laughs> no, I'm not doing it. But DeAndre Swift, that's a victory lap. I will take that. I'm doing fucking I'm doing donuts at the Daytona 500 <laughs> right now. I don't give a fuck. I done told you, motherfuckers. Yeah, it's 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 unfortunate because we saw in um, championship week. I think he scored. I, I forget what he did, but he had multiple touchdowns and had a big game. But at that point, like anyone who had drafted DeAndre Swift didn't have him on their team and definitely weren't starting him because the usage is just terrible. Even when he's healthy and active, the usage is terrible, and Jamal Williams just gets all the valuable touches. So, we'll we'll have to see what happens next year. I mean, I, I don't know where his ADP is going to end up after definitely a down year. Um, you know, super talented. I just don't know if he's mentally tough enough for the position. Um, and obviously, Dan Campbell loves him some Jamal Williams in the red zone. So, yeah. What about Where's kickers? I'm kidding. <laughs> take him out of your I league. will say, I, I will, I will say one other victory lap. I will take, and you guys know I die on this hill. Miles Sanders. What? What? Come on! He was drafted That's as a victory the, jog. No, whatever. He was drafted as the RB thirty, and finished as the RB thirteen. 
Yeah. Hold on. He was scrolling. Oh, God damn it. He was resetting a standard. <laughs> so he was drafted behind Chase Edmonds. Look at his Damian playoff Harris. performance, though. No, okay. I'll give you that. He I-, I will give you that. Absolutely fucking. I will give you And I will give you that. You. I will give you that. I, I will. I, he he fell off at the end of the year. Point four points in week 15. All right. Wasn't again, it windy in that game, too? It was supposed did, to be a huge run game. Like I don't even know who yeah, they're playing. Chicago. Hold on. <laughs> in Chicago. <laughs> yeah. Okay, it was that game. Yeah. But, again. It's the Windy still, City. Guys, he was being drafted behind Chase Edmonds, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, Antonio Gibson, A.J. Dillon, and he finished Extru- like m- way ahead, all of them. It's not even close. Oh, hey, oh, yeah. honestly, that brings up a good point for me to bring up how Jim was wrong <laughs> about Jones, Aaron Jones. You mm. thought he was going to be that guy? Yeah, like 100 plus targets because uh, uh, I said top 10 running back. Where did he finish? Nine. Weird. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck off! You thought it was gonna be higher. Check the tape. <laughs> we're, we're talking. You were talking about he was gonna get like a hundred plus Top targets. Gonna, I will. They're gonna line him up out wide. They should have all this good shit. You I think were selling us on this. I think it should be noted though. I think we were all higher on AJ Dillon than where he actually finished off at. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think the industry as a whole was. Yeah, because like everything that sounded like because you know we had such Devontae Adams gone, they were starting a bunch of rookie wide receivers outside of Alan Lazard. That we were going to see Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon on the field a bunch together, where they'd have Aaron Dillon or uh, Aaron Jones lined up outside with AJ in the backfield, and you could have this like back and forth between the two of them. And AJ Dillon, he gave you decent production, still finishing as the RB uh, twenty-five, or also just outside of RB two status. But I think we were thinking he was going to be solidified for sure as like an RB two minimum and push for an RB one. Yeah, no, that was definitely the general consensus for sure yeah but he finished like deandre swift just fucking barely startable i fucking told you victory lap i'm spinning out of the daytona 500 so one one other we haven't we haven't brought him once tonight which is kind of crazy but what do we expect next year from this year's 101 pick jonathan taylor oh god where do you think he's gonna? Where do you think his ADP is gonna end up next year? And how do we see them finishing? I, th- oh man, it's I think it so really depends on the coach that they hire. Yeah, there's so many. There are a lot variables. of variables. There are a lot of variables, and their quarterback choice. Yeah, I agree. One one, I, I can honestly see myself drafting Jonathan Taylor like mid to late first. I kind of see him as a. Will change. I think because they're where I think we're gonna see a lot more, you know, pass catchers in in the first round this year. I think he's gonna be a late round first or an early second. And I think and now, Grant, I think it should be said that I think this year there are so many other things going on, and obviously on a he, he didn't give you one hundred and one production by any means. Um, but I think if you can, if you do draft him next year at the back end of the first round or early second, I think you'll be happy with a pick in terms of what his production actually ends. is. I think it's more where he falls in line as a running back and his talent-wise. Not to mention, they did lose a couple guys on the offensive line from last year to this year, and clearly that was a major deal. Yeah, their offensive line was <clears throat> completely underwhelming. I mean, they went from one, like, literally, arguably the best offensive line in the entire league to, you know, a middling to back half of the league line. 
Yeah, historically, probably one of the worst one-one picks. Yeah, in our in our lifetime, and especially if you take out people losing a ton of time for injury. That's and why I had Christian McCaffrey over him. Yeah, and and that's fair, honestly. And and I think I was against you on that because, like, I mean, obviously, injury is always a a, a problem. Um, and John Taylor missed some time this year, but even before he missed time, he wasn't playing all that well. He wasn't being super productive. But there was always in the back of my mind, especially with Christian McCaffrey, like he just doesn't play that often, especially recently. Right. And this year, he 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 changed that. He played all seventeen games. Yeah, and he's playing for the fucking Niners now. Yeah, like arguably the be- one of the best running games in the league. Um, yeah, if not the best. I a full season of Christian McCaffrey in San Francisco is going to be scary if he stays healthy. Yeah. I mean, Elijah Mitchell though coming is back. back. Yeah, and I mean they're not they're clearly they're not going to use Chris McCaffrey as much as he was being used in Carolina because that's not the way Kyle Shanahan rolls. Right. And plus, you have a very good back in Elijah Mitchell, so I think you're going to be able to keep. He's going to try to save. He'll make up for it though because he's so explosive that he's going to have more holes, better yeah. opportunities with the Shanahan run run game that he doesn't need. 40 touches a game to freaking you know right. put up 22 fantasy points like he just needs a, a decent amount of touches and he can explode so ah man it's gonna be it's it the one-on-one next year will be interesting jonathan taylor is gonna be a super interesting guy i think we have to see how this team like who they bring on as a coach and and who's gonna play quarterback like what do they do with the offensive line um those are all things that we're going to see, but in the off season. But uh, what else? You gonna wrap this thing up? Yeah, I think it's probably about that time. I think we're a little more than an hour deep at this point. So count, count, uh, wrap up the twenty twenty two season. Yeah, let's put a fucking bow on this thing. Yeah, let's put a bow on it. Let's uh, watch some football this weekend without any sort of uh, fantasy implications. That'll be nice. Just enjoy the game again <laughs> for what it is. Yeah, not uh, sweat things out. Um, unless you go to the casino and put some money on it. Unless you go to the casino, baby, <laughs> which you probably will. Yeah, we might just do that. Uh, maybe someday in the next 20 years we'll be able to play DFS here in Washington State. But for now... <laughs> We do not get to. So we just want to say thank you to all y'all listening um, to our podcast over the last uh, two years, I guess. And, um, you know, we hope you appreciate listening. We appreciate the feedback. Let us know, you know, what you guys think. How can we get better? You know, how shitty is our show? Just tell (laughs) us so that we know. (laughs) Uh, but we love doing it, and uh, it's a great hobby of ours. So we appreciate you guys listening. Um, five stars only. Five stars are the only ratings and reviews we accept. So um, go ahead and do that if you're feeling feeling happy in the, the new year. And uh, if your team is still in the playoffs, wish you nothing but the best. Have fun watching the games. And um, Twitter. we will see you on Twitter at the <laughs> FF fathers <laughs> Trey will he loves Twitter um, so he'll see you on Twitter at the FF fathers you know uh, hit us up there and then uh, we'll be we'll be releasing episodes throughout the offseason looking at 
you know, the upcoming rookie class, talking about those guys, maybe a little dynasty content, um, some more roundtable bullshit like this and Trey She Shed and uh, just having a good time. So It's a he shed, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever you want to call it, but the walls are teal blue. I haven't repainted it. I moved in here <laughs> four months ago. <laughs> so anyway. Uh, we painting it black. Shout out to the Raiders. Oh, God. Raiders. <laughs> we will catch you guys in the offseason. Uh, and, again, just thank you for listening. Later. Go Hawks, go. <laughs> You're fucking as good. As the only <laughs> as the only team that's actually in the playoffs, fucking go Hawks. Ow. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> Ha <laughs>